0: the Almost Perfect Podcast. Welcome to the Almost Perfect Podcast. Celebration of fuck-ups, failures, and falling flat on your face. This is a podcast that believes you can learn from experience, but that experience doesn't have to be your own. Ha! I'm both perfect, and I'm a functional fuck-up. Let's learn from somebody else's mistakes. And today we're learning from Rose Bonica. Now, Rose Bonica is a music producer who also is uh, doing some 3D animation as a side hustle. Like just, you know, just getting all the acclaim as a music producer, but also making some scratch on the side. in you know, the super chilled, super easy feel (laughs) of 3D animation. And obviously I'm taking the piss there. So, yeah, that's the kind of person that Rose is. Uh, Her side gig is something that takes immense amounts of time and concentration and creativity. And so does her main gig these days, which is, yeah, music production. So we get into a hell of a lot. This is the third or fourth time we have actually done the interviewer, interviewee dance through multiple mediums. And yeah, this is the first time she's been on the podcast and I'm super, super stoked with her because at this point, I think we're both at our best and I think you'll get that from this podcast, what I mean by that. So yeah, super, I don't know man, super honest chat, super fun chat, super cool chat. It's like because Rose has had one of those years that, I mean it's weird because it's both been amazing and it's been very difficult. Like she's struggled personally and she's struggled creatively, but at the same time, the work that she's put out got an amazing response and has just like catapulted her career way further than like it. She's been doing, she's been doing the music thing for four years essentially. And at this point she's been on the band camp, like song of the month, album of the month something of the month, something of the year, just mad press all around the world in highly respected things. Lots of people who know what the fuck they're talking about, like, love her work, and have been saying, yo, this shit is dope. And that's rare from someone who's been making music for, like, four, five years now. Like, and that's what's so fucking cool. It's that she is a bit of a phenom, and she's been making so much music and a wide variety of music and releasing it through like different uh mediums you know through eps and albums we get into the processes behind those and how that all works and yeah we get into so much like it's it's a really fun chat so i think you're gonna dig it uh but yeah how you living? Uh, this podcast is brought to you by you, which means uh, you can go to patreon.com forward slash almost perfect or you can buy a mug. Yeah, you can buy a mug from me. There are, there are pictures of it somewhere on the internet. Basically, it's the almost perfect logo on a white mug and they are 100 rand. and You can just slide in the DMs or hit me up at bobbet almost perfect or coded to buy them. Cool. yeah, so, how are you living, things have been weird, who was it, Lil Uzi, got, is it Lil Uzi, Lil Uzi Bert, is that the same person, I know I sound old here, but I am in my 30s now, is Lil Uzi and Lil Uzi Bert the same person, because someone got a fucking diamond put in their head, and, like, I'm not gonna buddy shame anybody, like, I'm not here to do that, That's, that's not, That is not my goal, but cool, man. Like, that's where we're at. That's like, I'm like, cool. Like, if you can put a diamond in your forehead, what else can you put in your forehead? Can you put a dildo on your forehead? Because that would make like a joke that I heard when I was a kid, like real. I don't know if you guys ever heard that joke. I mean, I had some fucked up people around me. So like, this was a joke I heard (laughs) when I was probably like 12. Um, no, I was older. I was probably 15. So it, it, it makes it fair for the time. I guess it was, uh, well, what is it? Oh yeah. If you had, if you had a dick in your forehead, would you be able to see? And so the person says, I don't know. And you said, no, because your balls would be in your eyes. Like, ah, funny, funny joke. And then you say, well, if you had a vagina on your forehead, would you be able to see? the guy goes, Well yeah, probably. And that's what the guy goes, No. Cause you have marbles balls in your eyes. them. So yeah, like little oozy slash vert. <laughs> just I'll I'll let it I'll let it later. I'll <laughs> The problem is I say that, but I'm not going to, I mean, I am going to edit, I'm just not going to edit that part out or this part out because why would I do that? But yeah, so we're, we're at that part of body modifications and like stunting with body modifications is brave. Like he literally has to, for the rest of his life, have bodyguards. And if he doesn't, they're going to just take the diamond from his, like if he can't afford to pay his bodyguards, like if he eventually like gets so broke that he can't afford to pay the people there to protect him from getting mugged from the diamond in his fucking forehead, then they're going to be the ones who mug him. So he's going to make sure he's successful forever. And I guess that's manifesting things. I guess that is a way to manifest your destiny. I don't fucking know. Uh, Me, personally, I feel like Nick Swartzman in Grandma's Boy. Because, as some of you may know, I've been living with my gran for the last month and a bit now. Um, My grandfather passed away on New Year's Eve. And even before that, I was kind of staying here anyway, like, I was staying between here and my place, because my grandfather had cancer, so I was helping out with certain things, because also, yeah, my grand got hit by a car, you yeah, it's been a long year, it's just, it's just, leave it at that, but at this point, yeah, I kind of feel a little like Nick Swanson and Grandma's boy, because I'm living in my grand's place, making this little podcast on my computer, and I'm just waiting for someone to, like, I don't know, steal my scripts like one of my scripts that I'm working on or something, and then have my grand be like, my grandson has been working on that, but the last few days, um, <laughs> in reality, in reality, but for for the for the imagination, the last few months, but yeah, no, it's been interesting. Definitely, I'm just trying to flow like water. <laughs> uh yeah that's that's how I'm gonna phrase things but yeah it's been interesting it's I should probably take one note (laughs) I might one day be able to use this for material but at the moment it's more just okay so this is my reality now and (laughs) just trying to deal with that yeah because it's also, like, shit, things have just been weird in general. Like, a lot of death lately. As some of you know, like, a friend of mine passed away. He, he, he was on the last podcast. <laughs> you can just see that. Nas Um So, it's that. And then my grandfather. And just, in general, yeah, things have been, oh, a lot to deal with. But I've been trying to keep my head down. I've just been trying to focus on creative things. And uh, yeah, I've been writing scripts again. And I've been, yeah, <laughs> I, I just trying to plan out the, the vibe for this project, for this thing, the almost perfect podcast and make it work. And I know I'm eventually going to have to go to therapy So if you want to fund that, you can go to patreon.com forward slash fuck (laughs) my life. No. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, man. You just got to keep going. You just got to keep doing the things. We move, as they say on the internet, as I've seen on Twitter once or twice here and there every now and again. But yeah, that's that's the thing, like, I am just trying to stay focused, and also just try and remember certain aspects of certain people's lives, and, you know, things that they've told me, and focus on those things, and just try to move forward, and even if it is without them, unfortunately, you know, you got to carry, got to carry the legacy forward, man, and, like, we do live on through the people who live on without us. Like that is the truth of the matter. Like I know it's ideological, I know it's a bit of a fantasy in some ways, but it's also very real and very true in that like when you die your impact that you had on people remains. I mean that's something I'm learning as I carry on living, I guess. And I guess the egotistical thing to do would be to try and, like, have more of an impact. But realistically, at the moment, it's more just, like, to try and rather just do the things that have been scaring me and seeing where it goes. Because, like, where's the harm in trying? So, yeah, that's where I'm at. And I hope I have suitably born, born, Ben. Baird. Born my soul. I hope I have suitably born my soul before I pitch <laughs> the Patreon to you once again. Uh, there is a tier over on patreon.com. It's actually almost perfect called the titular titles tier. Now this is a $10 tier and it means that you can become a part of the cast and crew of this podcast. You are know, the reason why I say we instead of ah, although sometimes I still say ah. Like I mean, let's let's be honest. Some of us are doing the heavy lifting here. Others, you know, are putting in the capital. So welcome welcome to the fucking world we live in. Anyway, <laughs> shout outs to the team over at the titular titles tier. They are the chief sales officer of such Heresies in the greater Oberberg region, Rousseau. Uh, they are also King Julian. They are also His Excellency, President for Life, Field Marshal Stephen, Olive, Fear, VC, DSO, MC, Lord of All the Beasts of the Earth and Fish of the Seas, and Conqueror of the British Empire and Africa in general and certain parts of Kuala in particular. Or something slightly less pretentious like Executive Producer. You see, you give me $10 a month, you get to make me say whatever you want. Kind of. Like... I'm not going to leave it that open, but within, I wouldn't even say within reason. I'm not even going to say within reason, but within taste parameters. Uh, also, shout out to Vishen Dranadu, who is my spiritual advisor. Shout out lastly to Tyrin Love, who is the pantsless weasel. Yes, the pantsless weasel. He gets loved lost. he gets shouted out last. Lost. Yeah, that's right. The pantless weasel gets shouted out lost. Now if you are a patron, whether you're at the ten dollars here, the five dollars here, the one dollars here, whether you are here in South Africa or you are overseas, depending on the South African post office and your local post office, you should be getting some stickers soon. I sent out like a whole bunch of envelopes. I bought I don't know how many stamps, forty stamps, and I'm like thirty stamps down because some of you needed like three stamps, some of you needed two stamps, just just to get a whole pack of stickers. I sent you all a bunch of stickers, so they are all currently in transit and hopefully the relevant post offices. I think we know which one in particular I'm talking about here. I need to step up the game a bit, but I hope I hope they all deliver those stickers to you, if not within like the next three months or so. Let me know, I'll, I'll, I'll send some more out. And yeah, the only way to get stickers at the moment is to be a patron over at patreon.com forward slash Almost Perfect or to see an Almost Perfect sticker out in the wild, take a photo of it and tag uh, the Almost Perfect social medias over on whichever social media platform you prefer to use. Cool, that's been a long as fucking true. It's been a weird as fucking true. And I don't think it's going to get any less weird because here comes the almost perfect podcast with Rose Bonica. So, how are you living, Rose?
1: Hi, hi, Bob. I'm good. I'm really well, actually. Things are going much better than 2020, I think, emotionally, <laughs> mentally. But I'm really good. Thank you.
0: Okay, fair enough. Because I was about it, like I'm glad you put the qualifiers of like emotionally and mentally there. Because on the outside, it looked like you had an amazing 2020.
1: I mean, I did, obviously, like career wise and, you know, success wise, it was amazing. Um, uh, it felt it was so surreal and very overwhelming. Um, but personally, I think just everything, like I made some changes in my life and the whole lockdown and the pandemic, you know, it it, it all affected me like really emotionally and mentally. And I went through like a, a quite intense uh, stage of depression you know for like a few months but um, I've gotten through it so I've gotten through the other side and I'm okay
0: (laughs) yeah I think that is relatable to a lot of people myself included I have definitely gone through a couple stages where yeah like the abyss was just calling and yeah we, we became very very good friends but I'm also like I'm feeling I'm feeling like I don't know Like, I'm actually feeling somewhat creative again, which is feeling Mm. cool. Like, I've been working on scripts and stuff like that this week. So, I'm like, I don't know where anything's going. That's my only problem at the moment. It's like, I don't (laughs) have a plan. (laughs) It's just like, okay, let's just do some things. And maybe eventually, like, it'll have been something. Like, that's my vibe at the moment.
1: Yeah, maybe it will pan out. Maybe it will, like, show itself, you know, but I mean, (laughs) like uh when i was listening to the parable uh podcast um it was really interesting because it was exactly how i felt you know like you would you we all thought i think well not all most of us thought that you know this time would just be so creative um so i'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. kind of happy that i'm feeling more creative just like you like uh it it feels like something is kind of lifted a little bit and that's a really good feeling um, cause I've, I've never felt so lost, like 2020. <laughs> but yeah. like I was
0: saying, you actually still had like career wise quite a good year. So were the songs that you had for Tears for the Teammaker from before lockdown or how did that whole process come about when it came to that album?
1: Uh, the last two songs, well, I mean, obviously they're different on the track list, but the last songs that I actually made, they were, they were made just in the beginning of lockdown. Uh, otherwise, everything else was made over like a space of two years. So it was just stuff that I'd been sitting on, like even just random sketches that I didn't think would work with any like of the EPs I was releasing. So like my my work was already done before 2020 kind of really started. I, I mean, I don't think I've really, I have probably have made music in the last year, but I don't think I have.
0: Yeah, because I saw you actually saying on Twitter that you were dealing with a bit of like a writer's block situation when it came to making music. And that's why I just found that interesting, considering you had just released this album that's been so well received. It's been critically acclaimed. It's made lists like, you know, for Bandcamp and everything. And yet you're sitting at home and you're struggling to write music. So what was that like?
1: yeah i so I'm still trying to what was it like um I mean, it's been difficult like you know i so I live with my boyfriend um as a who's deep aztec and his he's also a musician, and his music output at the moment is insane and it's super intimidating as well <laughs> so I'm like i've been like struggling with this like shit, I'm not making anything, and there's my boyfriend, like, making a track a day, <laughs> like it's nothing, you know? <laughs> but um, I think you know, what was weird was after I tweeted that, I went and I made two songs. So it was almost like a release. Like, I just kind of let it go, and, okay, like, the rest of the week actually worked out. <laughs> so I don't know, maybe, I mean, don't tweet all your inner thoughts, but, you know, sometimes it can be, like, cathartic or, little release you know to get over a hurdle
0: i mean it is the modern day diary so
1: yeah i i I mean i was never a kid to keep a diary i always tried um saying i'd always like open you know i'd open it and i'd be like dear diary and then i'd write a paragraph and then i'd never look at it ever again
0: (laughs) i probably have 10 diaries that are exactly (laughs) three pages deep like it's and for me, it's always just this thing of, oh, I don't want to put this down because what if somebody reads it? Yet you go look at my Twitter timeline and it is just like all these thoughts Extreme that you should not be sharing with anyone.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's why I love Twitter because like, I don't know, it, I used to not like it and then I got deep into it and I was like, oh, it's actually like it, it has its funny moments and then it's really depressing moments and then it's really shit moments but it has its use, you know, there, there is a use to it.
0: It does. I just wish it could just go back to like, pretty much just like promo and jokes. Like if we could just <laughs> like
1: keep You've it to that. you just described Instagram. You've literally just described Instagram.
0: <laughs> but Instagram, you don't get to see like anyone reels like content, you know? So it's just yeah. pointless.
1: No, I know. It's, it's all primed. It's, it's all primed for perfection, you know?
0: Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, man. It's but you've actually managed to do quite well when it comes to like getting like traction on social media and online. And would you how would you say that you've actually managed to do that? Because I think there has been a bit of a plan when it comes to your press side of things. And well, I mean, I know there's been a plan because I've <laughs> received a lot of your press releases and I see like all the places that you get put into and i know that's because you're emailing people you're actually doing the work behind things when people are like how does this happen it's like well what you do is you email a hundred websites and maybe five of them will pick you up am i correct there
1: um yes and no like so i mean in the beginning of my career that that was what exactly what it was until last year it was just me just You know trying to which is also why twitter is actually great is like um i was trying to forge relationships with people in the press and just you know people that i know who do really cool newsletters for music and like you know speak directly to the actual writers like the journalists and stuff um last year was a little different because i pulled some money together with my brother and he helped me pay for pr for my album which really helped but what was interesting about that was um my personal relationships helped just as much, so like they complemented each other, and that was that was a really great feeling. Because I think we all have this guilt about getting PR, because it feels like he's selling out or something, like out of the underground and the DIY kind of vibes. But like even like some of the most underground artists use PR. They use DJ mailout, so it kind of helped with my personal shame and guilt that I had. Having like the personal relationships as well working out for me, so that was really cool. Uh, but in general, like my Instagram is like me, you know, and I've just kind of always posted my music on there and used my visuals and stuff to push it, and it it, it does help. Although sometimes they lull, <laughs> you need a selfie now <laughs> and then, sadly.
0: it uh, because I, I was actually thinking that's probably the highlight of well, what you do differently, not the highlight, but it's one of the things that's highlights you from the crowd is your visuals. It's something that you create as well. Mm-hmm. What what do you use for that? Is it Blender?
1: Uh yeah. Uh, I think it was 2019 like I decided cool, I'm gonna challenge myself and um spent like three months learning how to use Blender, but but before that okay. it was all just free cell phone apps. Like any app that like I could get my hands on. And yeah. I mean I still do that, you know, because Blender takes but um I still use free cell phone apps um as much as I can because it just it's it's also great for like putting ideas down and like kind of getting to where you want to go
0: that is so fucking cool like that's why like more and more I'm seeing the value in TikTok even though I like haven't used it but like I see just the editing that people are doing with that and I'm just like that has actually got artistic merit. Like you can, it's whatever tools you use, like doesn't necessarily matter. It's like the end product you get out of those tools. And so you're literally using these free cell phone things to create these really dope visuals. And I, like, yeah, I had no clue. Like I thought it was like properly, you know, professional stuff. That's really cool.
1: (laughs) I mean, some of it is like, but it's, you know, like that's not, not, I mean, the percentage is like, it's 95%, just free apps, 5% Blender. Oh, wow. (laughs) I mean, like, obviously, like, uh, I just released, well, just about a year ago, I released a a music video uh, called Mouthful of Concrete, and that was me learning how to use Blender. So that was 100% Blender. And now, like, the Blender stuff, like learning how to use Blender, has actually helped me pivot a little bit during this very dry gig time. Like, there's no gigs. So um, now I actually do like 3D animation for people. And so it's actually become like another job, you know?
0: That's cool. But you've been someone who's adapted quite a lot over the years, haven't you? Because if I remember correctly, you were in tech at some point, mm-hmm. like before the music thing, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I worked for my my dad, and I was a web developer, and I was learning how to code and stuff. Uh, that's kind of what sent me into music. So, it, and I mean, before that, I uh, I, I studied it after for four years. So I have a um an uh, what is it? Oh, it's a master's. No, it's a post. No, master's. <laughs> in editing. Just shows how much I've used the degree. Um,
0: <laughs> Which is casual, um, like, oh yeah, I've got a master's. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I've got a master's somewhere, somewhere sitting there. Um, hardly used it. I think the last editing job, like official editing job I had, was Clifton Shaw's Season 2. So. Oh,
0: wow. <laughs> no ways. Please tell God, me you snuck that? some jokes in. Please tell me you snuck some jokes in the end. You know, sadly, Again, sadly, just I, was for you.
1: <laughs> I was the assistant, assistant editor. So the guy, the head editor, like, I, I he would change like quite a few things but I, not, oh. I think the hard drive broke but I did sneak some some bad clips <laughs> <laughs> you know like I did fill the hard drive with like a few funny clips but that hard drive broke which is probably the story of my life so <laughs> 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 yeah
0: and then how okay so you were a first you were an editor for film why did you why did you stop doing that
1: um Okay. Uh, I had a bad drug addiction during that time Um, so when I got clean I kind of left my that part of my life a little bit and you know just started working for my dad and getting myself together my shit together basically and that made me kind of pivot I started I started working for him like doing videos for him uh, for his products and stuff, like tutorial videos. And then it turned into like, okay, well, we, we don't have enough work for you, so you better learn how to code. And I was like, okay, shit, <laughs> better learn how to code, go into code, code Academy and like Treehouse and stuff, figure out how to use CSS and HTML. And then like, that's how that happened. So, yeah.
0: Did that come naturally to you?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, my, my dad's a software developer and I grew up basically sitting on his lap like all of us did, like me and my brothers, you know, just watching him code throughout the night. Uh, Like I remember when I was like seven or eight, he gave me an email address and I remember being so confused as to what to do with this email address. (laughs) But I knew how to dial up and I knew how to open my email, you know, but I just didn't know who to get emails from because I was eight years old. Uh, So like I've, (laughs) I've been around like technology my whole life and computers and stuff. It's always like a joke like you know if I didn't know how to dial up to the internet my dad would have smacked me although he didn't ever smack me so you know it's just a joke
0: just a joke Sorry. yeah sometimes people <laughs> sometimes people don't mean it when they say things it, like, it's meant <laughs> yes. for comedic effect
1: <laughs> exactly <laughs> so yeah <laughs> I mean all my, my brothers are also in technology uh technology they're also in like web stuff my my middle brothers like a web developer my oldest brother is a designer um and a racing driver funny enough so
0: yeah you know, I know but, that and what was like, gonna actually ask like how's that like are you ever <laughs> do you ever watch him and are you ever like a little worried
1: oh yeah I don't think I'd be able to handle watching his him race li- uh, like in real life uh even like when I watch it on YouTube and stuff I I get so nervous and I freak out. But I can't imagine. he's a huge inspiration. He's a huge inspiration for me. And because um, he's worked so hard to achieve his goals, you know?
0: Yeah. It's hard I to mean, do from, from South Africa. Africa.
1: Yeah. And like he, he took a break from it before, before his thirties, like between 25 and 30, I might have the ages wrong, but oh, it's fine. Wow. He took a break from racing and then started his own business with my other brother, Mark, and like their business was really successful. And then went just before he was 30, he was like, fuck this. i actually want to be a racing driver. And he emailed like a bunch of teams, uh, in GT three and he got a drive. And that was the end of it, moved to England and became a full-time racer.
0: I can see how that would be inspiring.
1: <laughs> yeah. So that's also where I learned like a lot of like the, you know, there's the glitz and the glam. In little inverted commas Um, and then there's like the back end of shit you know where you've got to email people and you've got to cold call whoever you can to kind of get your stuff out there and like he was one of the people that taught me that you know he was actually the reason why the other day I was asking you about podcasts (laughs) because he was adamant that I had to start a podcast yeah I was like David I don't know what to speak about I can't just start a podcast (laughs)
0: It's definitely a great platform. I mean, I'm kind of cheating with the whole podcast thing because I just get other people to do half the work. Well, actually, three-quarters of the work, the you live, know? That's
1: though. I think that's amazing. I, like, that's why I listen to podcasts. Like, I either listen to murder history podcasts or interviews, you know? Like, that to me is, like, a perfect podcast formula. Then it's just intertwined. Yeah, no, I.
0: that's why I do it. <laughs> is because that's what I love <laughs> like I'm just yeah. like totally just I listen to WTF with Mark Maron a ton, and that's like my quintessential go-to podcast but in general if like you're interviewing someone who I think is cool or someone who sounds interesting yeah I'm gonna give it a listen and then that's that was the whole thing for this was just seeing that there's so many people and it's like it's the new it's the new format, you know. Like, I did the whole mm-hmm. interviewing people with the written word, and like, that's cool. And it's like something I still enjoy because you get to give it your own, a lot more of your own spin. But at the same time, this is so much more honest because this actually allows yeah. people to truly speak for themselves. Whereas, when you're writing an article about someone, there's so much editing that goes on in choosing which. Sentences, you know, are the ones you say get said. Whereas here, it's like, here you go. Here's what they said, and I think <laughs> exactly. that allows.
1: Just to then fuck up. I'm joking. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like I, I might even fuck up in written interviews. So you know, <laughs> it's like it's just a thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, written interviews are an interesting thing because it's like you're literally choosing the words that are going to get printed, like, and you have time to think about it. So it's, like, if you fuck up with those, like, you're really, like, killing yourself because it's, at least here, it's, like, if you say something wrong, it's, like, a slip of the tongue or, you Mm. know, it's understandable. But, like, when someone sends you questions and you have three days to think about it and you still say something, like, controversial or, you know, untoward or (laughs) just whack, like, you kind of deserve the hate that you get, then.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, exactly. You've had time to think about it. That's just unnecessary, <laughs> unless you you know. It just means that you're just trying to be a controversial person. At the end of the day, yeah, there there is use.
0: always that. But how do you approach the whole <laughs> press thing? or how are you feeling about the whole like press side of making music? Because it is something you've done quite a lot of. like more so than I'd say most people who have been making music for like four years. So I think and I genuinely do think it's something that's helped you get ahead and get to where you oh, are yeah. in terms of things is because you have been so open to doing all of this work when it comes to the press. but how do you actually, you know personally feel about it
1: i mean i i understand the necessity of it and how do i feel about it um i i understand it's like it's use. yeah i and i mean to me like i enjoy being honest (laughs) and it 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 does like give me a, a platform to speak when i wouldn't necessarily like speak up and air my thoughts, you know, I'm, I am I like to be provoked to do it, you know, like I like to be asked questions so that I can talk. Obviously, it's different if like, I know you and we're chilling at home, but like in the public eye, you know, so I find it, I, I do find it nice, like to be able to kind of show people who I am. Obviously, there's moments where that doesn't happen and things get twisted and stuff that I mean, I mean not for me that many you know like not for me like it hasn't happened that much more that happens more when I get music reviews and like people you know put me under a genre or something but um in general I kind of like your
0: your music is hard to define Uh, like
1: yeah but it's not tech house I mean
0: (laughs) fair enough fair enough
1: Yeah. yeah that was my last and worst review not from my album but from my ep before that and i was like oh my gosh i can't believe you think i'm takeout." but um <laughs> i genuinely like press, but i do like conversations so i was thinking about it the other day i was like all oh, my press was really cool last year but i didn't actually get down like get to sit down with someone and just chat i i think i had one radio interview and that was it was such a good feeling also because we were locked up <laughs> in our houses yeah. and releasing music during a lockdown is a really insane feeling because you, you don't have that outside gratification that you used to. Like whenever I used to release music, I would go out that, the same night, you know, even if no one like came up to me and said, hey, great music. It was just like about being out and like getting a bit of perspective outside of the stress of releasing your music. not just like
0: scrolling all day busy trying to get like the likes and the you know seeing who said what and yeah
1: not just screaming to yourself i'm just trying to sell my soul (laughs) 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 but i mean so you know the the one radio interview that i did last year was really amazing and i remember having like this this like three hour buzz afterwards you know it was a 20 minute interview with um, someone who couldn't really speak English, he was French, and it was still like this really amazing interview. And afterwards, I was just, I was beaming. Like, it was so amazing. It was such a good feeling. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's all, at the end of the day, it's all to do with ego, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I've, I've learned you need an ego in music. Otherwise, you're just going to get crushed and destroyed. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think it's an essential tool.
0: <laughs> but, Do you not feel like you might have come into music with a little bit of an ego? Because I remember our first interview (laughs) a good couple of years ago. And uh, you, like, I didn't put it in the interview, but you told me that you found music to be pretty easy to make. So four years later, four years later, I know you feel differently, but surely you came in with a little bit of an ego there.
1: Oh, yeah, of course. Like, I would never have been able to get through the last four year- years if I didn't have an ego. Like, <laughs> And, you know, what's so funny is I look back and I cringe. I'm like, shit, like, I had so much confidence and, like, so much faith in myself. <laughs> like, like, when I started, I couldn't believe it. Like, I was looking back the other day and I actually got so embarrassed because I was like, oh, my God, I was so full of myself. I'm probably still oh, full of disc- myself, you know. <laughs>
0: You're describing my comedy career. Like, that is how I feel about <laughs> it. Like, yeah, dude. Like, now I'm so insecure about it, all of it. Like, now I'm just like, it. oh, like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, whereas, you know, <laughs> five years ago, I was like, yeah, I'm the best at this shit. <laughs> and it's yeah, just, it's so crazy I, how that happens.
1: I, and I think it's because, like, we don't know, you don't know any better, you know. And also, I mean... I mean, I wasn't that young, but like, I just—I was in a space at that time that where like I needed something to uh, prove my identity and to like prove to myself that I was creative or I was this, and I think that's what that was. Okay. Um, now I wouldn't say music's easy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it might have also come off wrong in that interview. I remember being so nervous in that interview with you, like I was freaking out before you called. Oh, this is a
0: completely different experience. You are like <laughs> way more comfortable, and so am I. Like, I like, I think, like, I think I was also not used to the whole Skype interview thing back then.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I was always scared of being caught out because I didn't know anything about music, like at all. I mean, I, I'm still learning, like every day like how little I know and how much I still need to learn uh yeah and I was also a lot more controversial I would say I was well at least I was trying to be a lot more controversial I was trying to put up a persona of like I'm punk and I'm this you know um but doesn't that just changed. get tiring oh it, it was exhausting <laughs> also when I realized I was, I'm actually like a nice person At least I think so. Um, (laughs) But like when I realized like I'm actually, I can be kind and I'm not such a bitch and I do like letting people in, I realized like, fuck, that was actually really tiring keeping it up. But I honestly believe that that's who I was. I honestly believed I was an introvert and I didn't want people near me and all of that. But I wasn't.
0: (laughs) So... I mean is it not possible that you were just for that time or was it just complete misfit because i like yeah like i feel that was definitely a defense mechanism for me as well Mm. like in some cases like i'm like one of my taglines is like misanthropic in the subtropics because it's like i do kind (laughs) of hate people you know like i do like people in general frustrate me but then it's also like I love people like the people that I hang out with all the time. They're like, I love them dearly. And I think like they're rad as fuck. And like, I just want to share them and just like tell the whole world about them. So it's like this weird dichotomy of like, I don't know how to balance my frustration with the world with like, yeah, my love of like people in some cases. So I'm sure like for you, there was a part of it that was real. Like, yes, you're accentuating it and it's not the best thing, but there is this part of the world that kind of sucks and like grates on my nerves, you know?
1: Oh yeah. Like I have no patience for that, that part of the world, such idiots, you know, (laughs) I I don't have a lot of patience for people. So, I mean, it definitely is real, but it's not as, like you said, accentuated as I, as I felt it was at that time. I think it also had to do with like who I was and uh, who I was around. And I was trying to kind of, protect myself and them from other people. You know, the defense the the walls that I built weren't just for me, it was for other people around me. I mean, that's changed a lot. So I think that those walls have now come down and I've realized like, oh shit, okay, that's what I was doing. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So So
0: you don't have to be as defensive about things. Like you can still feel Mm. some type of way about things, but not necessarily get into your wall, you know, fuck this mode
1: yeah exactly exactly i also you know what, what do they say live and let live is that the same
0: <laughs> <laughs> live and let live and live and let die uh yeah the uh, what is live and let die again that was a movie i can't remember was it was like a james yeah, bond movie so. i think so yeah.
1: it sounds like a james bond title i can see the guns in the title of the double i say, but, um <laughs> You know what's really helped, actually? It's also I have this amazing relationship with Ange where I can vent a lot of stuff to her. Like if anyone got hold of our WhatsApp conversation, it would be the end of us. And that's also really helped. Like I've learned to create relationships with people where I can be myself and be honest. And it lets go a lot of the frustration and the lack of patience I have for people, you know. So I think it's also like who you surround yourself with is super important. And you learn as you get older.
0: How has that had an effect on your creativity and your creative process and your music? Has it had an effect? Have you found like it's changed your sound, like your newer music sounds a bit different? Or yeah, where are you at with that?
1: Yes and no. I mean, so I like, I think that's also why I haven't made music lately is because I'm stuck in between this place of like, do I want to make hard music or do I want to make gentle music? I'm obviously not feeling as frustrated as I used to feel and like I don't feel like I have to prove myself as much, which is a very weird feeling to get used to because that that kind of used to be one of my driving forces to make music. So now I, I'm trying to find the balance um, and I think that's, yeah, that's what slowed down my creativity a bit because I'm just trying to figure out where I want to go and what I want to express. I keep naming my projects like I have no words left or nothing. Or,
0: <laughs> like, I remember not one of them insight. being like, take my scraps or something.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. So that was like literally just songs that I was sitting on and then that like, well, afterwards they worked together. But before I was like, shit, I need to release music. <laughs> I need to stay relevant. Um, I also just need to let <laughs> go of stuff. And you know what, that, that thing that like the scraps thing that I did it was actually uh, what got me onto Bandcamp for like onto a Bandcamp best of list for the first time ever. Yeah,
0: that was twenty nineteen, huh?
1: Yeah, and like that was insane because it was literally just a throwaway song, <laughs> and I was like, "Shit!" Sometimes it really helps just letting go, you know. Um, it was also like a nice break for me to release my own music instead of putting it on um, a label. Obviously this was before I started my own label. So it was like a whole project for me, like to see if I can release something on my own um, and just throw it out there and if anyone will buy it. And it worked, <laughs> surprisingly. I also uploaded the wrong song that made it onto the best of Bandcamp list. It's like oh, the wow. totally wrong song. <laughs> and I only realized six months later, I think. <laughs> what do you mean? So, like, do you just, get... you, you upload
0: and you don't listen.
1: <laughs> I, so I had one, I, I mean, that track I had like multiple versions of. And then one night I was like, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to flip the whole thing. And I changed the whole track. But I kept the same file name. And what I did with the scrap series was I upload the MP3s to SoundCloud so that it maybe will drive people to go to Bandcamp to buy the, we- the WAVs or the Flack or whatever. And the MP3 of the new song was named the same as the old song, which was the WAV which is what I uploaded to Bandcamp and people kept playing like tagging me in their radio shows like playing this track and I kept like scrubbing through their their shows and I could never hear the song until like a few months later I was like oh shit I uploaded the wrong (laughs) version (laughs) like this is not the right (laughs) the right version (laughs)
0: Which also, People are playing it on radio. That is amazing. Yeah,
1: and I had no idea. Like, I kept thinking, I kept saying to ads, like, As, like, where is my track? Can you hear it? I can't hear it anywhere. And then it it turned out to be the wrong version. And and what was so amazing about that was um, it helped me like realize like sometimes the first version or the hundredth version is better than the hundred and like first version. Like you don't have to be perfect, I guess. But yeah. <laughs> What
0: a fuck up. Well, that's something I wanted to ask you is how do you actually decide what songs go into what projects? Because you said Tears for the Teammaker took two years to put together, but I know you released EPs in between that. Yeah. So how do you decide oh, this is going to go on an EP, this is going to go on the album? What's yeah you know, your process behind that?
1: Um, I think like for, for my first album, I really wanted it to be like a body of work. And at the time... Well, at the time, over those two years, I always looked at an album being, like, more musical, less electronic, in a sense. So my EPs, even though, like, there was a lot of work put into them, they just felt more like, to me, like dance floor tracks. uh, Whereas the album felt more like a body of work and, like, me kind of just bearing my soul to people a little bit more and trying different things. I mean my my EP before the album was kind of like like the hit song from that mouthful of concrete. That was that was made like one night when I was like, fuck techno, fuck modular. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make a song just like they love, like you know, like a song that they love and they'll play. And it was like a ripoff track. And I remember playing it uh, in the car to Aza, and he was like, dude, this is a banger. <laughs> I'm like no, this is this is a lol track. Like, it's a fuck you track. And it's, like, one of my best tracks I've ever made. <laughs> but I mean, that's, like, generally, like, yeah. But, I mean, my first two EPs were so long, they could have been albums. But, I mean, I still yeah. had no idea what I was doing. So,
0: <laughs> So... This is why you're now starting to have more doubts because yes. now you know more what you're doing. <laughs>
1: it's exactly. a bit more of a, like, and now you've got to like follow a path kind of thing, and and like, you know, it's like, oh, is this now what people expect of me? Is this what I've got to stick in, like you know, like this lane that I've got to stay in? Like, am I not allowed to go a little bit? Well, off what path the track? do
0: you do you see that being for you?
1: Well, I don't know. Like you said, I'm... no one can really put my music down into a genre so I don't know I'm hoping that'll it always be like that but that I'll always have people that like to listen to whatever I make but I mean my next EP I definitely wanted to be like just dance floor bangers you know I'm over being serious for a bit
0: because well I mean that's the thing I find your music to be incredibly emotional like it's and for electronic music to actually get that across is rare but i weirdly enough think of it like in terms of classical music like sometimes like it definitely gives me that kind of like feeling in terms of the way like classical like is just emotive like you just you can feel it you can hear it you know what's going on in the song without them telling you what's going on without it being like super clear but how do you go about doing that like when you're actually making music how do you how do you do that? I wish like, I knew. To me, that's it, fucking it, magic.
1: I wish I knew because then maybe I wouldn't be stuck in this, like, creative block.
0: Um, <laughs> I think okay, it, just,
1: it does just happen, though. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I always used to say, like, I cry on the keyboard, but I, I don't always cry. So it can't be my tears.
0: <laughs> but it, so for you, it is like a thing of a feeling. Like you are creating based on how you feel.
1: Yeah. I mean, my favorite track from the album is literally like, maybe it's lame, but this chick kept calling me and telling me that I have to drive these bags, these like leather bags that she left at our house to town at like midnight. And I ended up making this song called uh, Your Mother Never Taught You Manners because she was just such a bitch on the phone. (laughs) and i remember like in between the voice notes like i just picked up the microphone and i was like you don't always have to be so rude (laughs) you know so like i think a lot of the songs are just made in kind of like ridiculous moments like that or
0: oh my god that is amazing (laughs)
1: yeah i haven't spoken to ever since so
0: (laughs) that is honestly like in terms of process one of the coolest like stories I think I've fucking heard. Like literally just (laughs) let it vent your frustration with like some random person (laughs) and making it into a song that's like eventually like someone else is going to like listen to and like be like, wow, that really fucking hurts home.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I know that some people thought it was about them. I'm like, it's not about you. It's about this random chick, (laughs) bruh. Like. Relax! <laughs> Relax! <laughs> yeah, that that was a good, like, production moment, though. I won't lie, I was really stoked afterwards, like a week later, I listened back to it, I was like, oh my god, this is actually a song? Like, this is actually working? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, I know you've said you've been struggling to make music, but would you say creating in general comes naturally to you? Because it seems like if you're not making music, you're still making, you know, videos with Blender or free cell phone apps and seem to <laughs> always be doing something. So yeah, are you a naturally creative person?
1: Uh, yeah. So my mother comes from a family of artists. Um, she's an amazing artist herself. She's always pushed me to, you know, paint or draw or like do anything like throughout my whole life, like do anything like super creative, like anything that I can get my hands on, she would always like push for. I'm actually super grateful because my mother, like she, she understands me on that like level and she can see things that other people can't in like an art sense. Sure. So, like, I've got this kind of perfect split with my mother's creativity and then my dad's technical side.
0: It sounds pretty useful in electronic music. And yeah. both, uh, you know. Which is probably why I was like, oh, 3D music's animation. easy.
1: Music's easy, babe. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm such a dickhead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no. know. So, I mean, even, like, even though I work for my dad, my mother's always like, oh, don't worry. You don't have, you know, just like keep doing like whatever you can do creatively da, da, da. so it's that's a really, really nice, nice and yeah. really helpful yeah and I mean my dad's just as supportive but obviously he's worried more about like my future I mean I'm 30 now and there was always this kind of thing in our family like once you're 30 you've really got to take life seriously I think that is a general life thing that's kind of drilled into people yeah you know, you've got to stop thinking about family and like, how you're going to survive, <laughs> which, which yeah. actually happens, hey, like it happens almost overnight. As soon as I turn 30, like, like my brain just like changed into this like, oh my word, what am I going to do in 10 years time if I don't even own a house? Like <laughs> <laughs> this like stupid anxiety about like life things. Yeah.
0: For me, it's almost like I feel like if I own a house in ten years, I would have like given up. So I don't know. <laughs> you would have like, given
1: up in owning a house.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. Like I would have given up on just like my my dreams. Like if I own a house, like then I would have given up on like yeah. You know, because like, but the weird thing is, I say that, but like I've been in Durban pretty much my whole life. So like at some point, I've actually got to do the thing or just buy a fucking house, you know. <laughs>
1: Yeah, dude, you you yeah you like me like I still live in Heart Bay, you know. <laughs> like I grew <laughs> up here, <laughs> um, and I don't know if I'll ever leave.
0: <laughs> no, like I I do know that I'll leave. I am saving. I am working towards it. I don't know when it's going to happen, yeah. but eventually the pile of money that I have will be enough money, and then I'll go somewhere. Where where I go, I don't know. But it's just it's one of those things where like. I, like, I need to know if it's Durban or if it's me, you yes,
1: know? <laughs> yes. No, 100%. I totally get that. I think that's a really good way to say it, actually. You need to know if it's Durban or if it's you. I need to know if it's Hout <sighs> Bay or if it's me.
0: <laughs> I don't know. You're doing pretty well for yourself, though, from Hout Bay. That's what's so cool about your career. It's, like, especially this last year. And, like, it's that's why I was asking earlier, mm-hmm. like, What is that like? Like seeing your career take off whilst you're stuck at home and you can't, like you're struggling to make music and meanwhile, everyone's busy praising you online.
1: I mean, yeah, it's, 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 I mean, like, like you, you, you've said it like a few times now, you're like, but everything looks so good from the outside or like, it's been really great. And it has, that's the thing. It really has. And in a, in a way I'm kind of like achieving my dream of being able to stay in heart Bay because, I mean, I love Cape Town. I've never understood people who just want to up and leave. I do understand the money side of it and the difference in how much you can earn overseas. But I also believe, like, if you can do it from here and be flown there, like, that's tight. <laughs> and yeah. that's kind of my goal. Like, you know, to be able to live in Bay with my cats and travel every now and then for gigs and do work over the internet, you know, like... That's kind of just who I am like I've never had ambition to like traveling has never been like the thing on top of my list I've always because I've always thought the internet connected us all maybe it's very idealistic but like I kind of thrive for that idea of like you can be at home and you can do whatever you want online I don't know if that I'm so the with
0: you there No, but, like, I feel you on that. But at the same time, I also feel guilty about it a little bit sometimes. Because, like, as a comedian, and, like, there is a part of me that's, like, it's not traveling, it's touring. Like, I want to tour, you know? Like, Mm. I love love that idea, and I love doing that. Like, I don't care about traveling for shit. Like, I really couldn't give a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I I hate, like, saying that. And people are like, traveling teaches you all these things. And it's like... Traveling teaches me that, like, shit takes fucking forever if I don't know the fucking language. No, <laughs> like, I don't even gonna know. you going to get hustled.
1: Yeah, like, where am I going to buy ciggies, bro? Like, <laughs> like, I've got to now, like, figure it out. But, like, I get mad anxiety when I travel as well. So, like, it's just not an enjoyable thing. But I do agree, like, touring, like, that is really um, attractive to me. Like, like, that is something I definitely want to do. Um, I have a friend who, like, she's been traveling since she was, like, 18, 19. And she's always like, oh, but Nat, like, should go, like, go overseas and experience this and that. I'm like, yeah, I'll go overseas if I'm paid to go overseas. But I'm not, I I don't want to go on holiday. Like, it's just not who I am. I don't understand. Yeah,
0: it feels weird to, like, that's also the thing. And, like, what I love about doing comedy is, like, I cannot understand the concept of going somewhere and just, (laughs) Being on holiday. No, I'm going to get do gigs.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, even people who go on holidays, like, they, when they're on holiday, they're doing gigs, you know, like, even if it's not an official tour, like, and that. Yes, like, no, 100%. <laughs> like, that makes sense to me, because I'm like, yeah, why else would you go away? I don't understand.
0: <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, I'm busy. There's a possibility for me to go visit family overseas at the moment. And, like, my first thoughts is just 100%, like, okay, what are the closest comedy clubs there? Yeah. Like,
1: can I gig? Can I gig?
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, whether or not I can gig, I'm going to be fucking gigging. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, <Because> like... <laughs> Yeah. yeah. There, there's no point to traveling if you're not going to, like, take your art there almost, you know? Like, well, that's how it feels as, like, a... Yeah, as an artist or, like, oh, me, yeah. at least as a comedian. Like,
1: even, like, I mean, me and As like, we haven't gone away in, in months, you know, like, just a weekend away to, like, whatever, like, Pringle Bay, you know, like, an hour out of Cape Town. And our reasoning, well, I'm always like, oh, but the cats, the cats. But, and to, like, entice me into the idea, he's like, well, we'll go and we'll make music, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> it's like, it's a music getaway, like, because he understands, like, that's how I think. <laughs> so, yeah, this whole traveling it's, thing. Eh.
0: <laughs> I just, I do wonder what people actually do. Like, you, <laughs> so you go look at the stuff. Like, that's that's the thing, hey? That's yeah, yeah. it. Like, no,
1: that's it. Yeah. You drink, I guess. I don't know. You go to the beach, which is like my worst nightmare is the beach. You know, if you go to a sandy place. When I went to Berlin, I kept getting invited to a lake. And I was like, What the <laughs> fuck? I don't want to go to a fucking lake. Are you kidding? Like, look at me. I'm as pale as like a a sheet. Like, come on. Why would I want to go sit in the sun? Looking. And at we're a lake? in Berlin.
0: Like, can't we just go like sit inside like a dark dingy place with weird lighting? <laughs> exactly. Like, exactly.
1: Yeah. I was like, I don't understand. <laughs> I think I even phoned my parents. Like, they keep wanting to take me to a lake. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was one of my worst nightmares. I came home early. Like I went to Berlin. I had a whole six week like (laughs) trip planned. Well, kind of. Actually, I thought I'd planned it, but I hadn't. Luckily, I got a flexi (laughs) ticket, you know, like a changeable flight because on the fourth day I was so over it and I was so depressed (laughs) and I was like questioning music and my life choices and everything that i caught. The fourth
0: day of a six week trip.
1: Yes, I came home. (laughs) And I saved money, to be honest. I, I saved money. I realized how expensive it was out there. But it was mostly because I was like, I don't like this. I just I don't like this. And all my gigs, like I had my first gig. And then the other gigs kind of fell through. So I was like, there's no reason for me to be in Berlin. And I came home.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's also ballsy to just do that, you know. Like some people would actually just be like, well, let me try to stick it out. Let me you know, see what happens, try to something together. But you were just like, actually, you know what, fucking, I'm, I'm out. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I, I, I realized, like, very quickly, like, um, I realized, I remembered again, I was like, oh, I don't really travel, like, this isn't me. I thought I had gigs, like, after a few, like, phone calls of me just crying and crying, obviously, to as, like, I realized I was like, oh, just turn around, go home. Like, it's it's, otherwise you're going to just feel like this for, like, weeks. And you won't even make music because you don't have a studio and I don't know. It was it, it was like a difficult decision though because I was I was embarrassed, <laughs> you know, like what do people that. think? Like what does it look like I've given up? But like inside I didn't feel like I'd given up. Like I just didn't see the point in staying.
0: That's what's so crazy, but I think that's also like I was saying, like a testament to your strength almost and something that I think maybe even comes through in your music sometimes like that thing of like that I don't know uncertainty and certainty at the same time <laughs> like you managed to go like you or you managed to like yeah occasionally put anxiety <laughs> into your songs I think I think in tears for the tea maker I can't remember I think oh it was early on track two or three it was definitely like heavily like just making me feel like I think it's destitute. Anxious.
1: I think it's it's like the last song I made for the album. I think it's destitute, because I remember sending that to um Capital, and he just replied, He's like, Shit, dude, that's pretty anxious, hey Like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm so sorry, and even me, like, even when I listen to it, I'm like, oh god, I can feel like I can feel how anxious I was at that point. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's like a song about like overcoming and like giving someone your all. You know, like, like dying of anxiety inside.
0: <laughs> how often does that happen? Like, you have an idea for a song going into it and coming out of it, it's something completely different.
1: You know, sometimes it's the uh, most of the time. Sorry, it's the, actually the opposite. So. Like a lot of the singing stuff, I mean most of the album, I don't know what I'm gonna sing. like sometimes I'll have random okay. things like jotted down in my phone, but generally, I don't really know where I'm going, and then I'll find like a loop or a verse or whatever. I mean, I don't really have verses, I don't know, but like a you know a moment in my rambling, and then it that that kind of forms the song. and then afterwards. I think that's where I often get lost. I'm like, like I, I, I go through this thing of like not knowing where it's going, knowing where it's going, and then no idea that how I got there or what, where it was going. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> so maybe that's the uncertainty, you know, and the anxiety in it. I don't know. And then that often leaves me also with like the track names and stuff, and the final sound of the track. Like I try and reconnect to how I was feeling, and I try to think of like moments in my life, like at that time, like what I was going okay. through. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah,
0: you do seem to have quite a lot of fun with your track names and your album titles.
1: Yeah, I mean, I always forget track names, like, of other people's songs. Like, I'm really bad at it, so I'm like, oh, no one will remember it. It's fine. This is a very funny sentence.
0: (laughs) That's exactly what sticks out to people then. (laughs) And, like, it gives the song extra meaning to, like, them and, like, Frames it before they even listen to it. Meanwhile, you were just like, ah, you know, whatever. This is just going to be. (laughs) This is a funny funny.
1: sentence. (laughs) Meanwhile, people like trying to jump like through hoops to understand it. I'm like, yeah, but I mean, a a lot of the time it is relevant, like to whatever I'm feeling or whatever. But it can also be so far detached from like the actual song. (laughs) I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like half of it's like deliberate, and half of it's just like fuck it. Like, <laughs> it seems. Yeah.
1: yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> I also find it entertaining. Like, do you know who else does it? Um, Machine Woman. Like, she's really good at oh, yeah. trap titles as well. Um, I think.
0: Oh, you this. worked with her, didn't you? Uh,
1: no, no, not yet. Oh, I th- <laughs> I thought I saw your name. She's she's actually been like um, a really great. A supporter, I guess you could say, okay. kind of slowly become like a friend. I mean, we've never met in real life, so you know, I'm wary to say friend. I don't want to, I want, I don't want her to turn around and be like, Rose Bonica's not my friend. Cause I, I mean, I still kind of look up to her as like, I'm a fan, you know.
0: <laughs> are you, are you guys on the chat rooms showing feeds, like,
1: yeah, I mean, like, so she, yeah, she's a sweetheart. She's the best, actually. She's also fucking funny. I speak to her in the DMs. We share a lot of Instagram reels to each other. <laughs> cats. And that is
0: the basis of modern friendship. So yeah, yeah, that's I don't think
1: friendship. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, she's really great, and her, her track titles are amazing. I mean, uh, there's one like where it's like, oh, fuck, man, I can't remember because they're so long. Like they're so long. They're these long sentences. Like I went to Salford. I went shopping, and S- have you ever been to Salford uh, shopping centre? Uh, looking for like an AFX synth or something. Oh, it's, it's like that's the whole track title, you know. I wish I could remember the actual sentence, but it's so long that it's impossible. <laughs> there, there are a few artists that like do that. I think it's funny. It adds a bit, takes a bit of the seriousness of music because music is can be quite dreary and serious, you know, especially the end, yeah. like putting something together that last 20% is a lot of work <laughs> like you need some fun. and what, what do you mean by that? That last like 20 to 30% of like putting the album together and stuff like oh it's the worst part of music <laughs> you know you've got to like get the promo together and, like
0: <laughs> do you get someone else to write your promo or do you do it or how does that work for you?
1: I will uh well recently uh things were different when I was with my previous label Uh, uh, but uh, generally like I'll write down like a brief sentence or like points that describe the music or whatever. And then I'll get like Ange or my friend um, Rose, like they're really good at writing. So I'll get them to kind of expand on it. And then I'll edit that
0: because sometimes they can
1: put it into their own voice a little bit too much. No guys, no, there's too much grammar in this. What are you doing? (laughs) uh so yeah generally like i get help from you know angel rose also with like my label stuff like i've i've reached out to them more because i just know it's not one of my strong suits you know i'm not a very good english speaker or writer
0: (laughs) i would i don't know like i think the people who have listened to this for the last hour might disagree And I've always enjoyed, like, your responses in general when it comes to interviews, both written and in person, because I do feel like you're honest. And maybe that might be why you feel like you're not good at it, because you're worried that you're not saying the right things to get people on your side or something like that, you know? Because that's what I assume a good speaker is, is someone who can manipulate people. But, like, I, I prefer personally someone who just tells it how it is and that's why like I think people have also probably been attracted to you beyond just your music it is is a thing of you are honest and you just give yourself both in your music and outside of it so I don't know I think there's value there
1: thank you I do try I try to be honest although I can't really help it sometimes (laughs) but um yeah no no I agree like I'll spend like hours trying to type something and like Delete, delete, delete. And it is exactly what you said. Like, it's, I, I, I don't know if it's like said correctly or whatever. Yeah, the formatting. You can ask Ange. Ange, Ange will tell you like how often I say the wrong words. Like, it's really terrible, <laughs> especially in the morning. I need coffee before I can talk to anyone. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, yeah, I definitely relate there. Don't worry. Like, I need coffee and a joint. And you would think that they, you know counteract each other but somehow if I don't have both like nothing works yeah so, it's just like word salad
1: like blah, blah. I've I've also learned like when I read people's tweets in the morning I, it literally jumbles up I'm like what are these people saying <laughs> and then I like I reread it then I'm like oh it was my brain okay <laughs>
0: For me i've just learned not to tweet in the mornings because i'm always angry like i wake up angry like that's just how it is like i wake up and i'm like oh fuck, everything sucks yeah like it takes me like an hour you know before like everything's like okay the world's not such a bad place like these people are just doing their thing yeah and you know i get calm but like if i wake up and i go on twitter I have to stop myself like I have to stop myself from tweeting or else I'm just going to like not even like create like a problem I'm just going to make someone else feel swack and everyone else go like the 400 people that follow me just go ah oh, Bob's having one of those days
1: but now are you, you you saw you've let you deleted your other your other twitter right
0: Well, it's still there, but like they want me to delete tweets and like I'm just not gonna do it. (laughs) Who's
1: there? Who wants you to delete tweets? Twitter Twitter wants
0: me to delete tweets because I was talking about like killing billionaires and you're not allowed to do that. Uh, like for real like that's that's one of the things there like it's yeah something about yeah guillotines and billionaires and there were there were like five different tweets and i appealed half of them. well i appealed all of them and like half of them they were like okay you don't have to take these ones down but you have to take these ones and i was just like you know what i don't i don't care anymore anyway like i'm tired of pushing my brand through things that other people are monetizing if I'm gonna if I'm gonna produce content I'm gonna make the fucking money off of it you know Fuck, <laughs> <Like,
1: Yeah. laughs> that's very funny I didn't realize that you actually got suspended I think that's funny
0: yeah like it's it's so wild and it's but yeah it's also I'm just I'm over it like I've also deactivated my Facebook account and my Instagram is on private and like I'm probably like never going to have like an amazing comedy career because no one could ever fucking find me but that's but they can you've got okay
1: um, you know you you've you've got your brand which is like Bob, perfect almost perfect i think that's you've got a bunch of podcasts people will find you
0: (laughs) yeah that's that's the thing it's just about shifting it from what we know and i don't know you've utilized Bandcamp fucking well haven't you like wouldn't you well wouldn't you say because i think beyond most people you've released so much through them and they've actually pumped you quite a bit as well so how the last question i know you did bring it up like they put you on back in 2019 but did you send them anything or how did that actually come about
1: Oh, it was it was actually insane and I wish I knew who pointed Joe Muggs to me, but um, it was so funny because I've spent, <laughs> well, before then, I'd spent like three years like gathering different Facebook, I mean, Facebook, Bandcamp people uh, and their email addresses, but obviously they didn't know me and I'd like send them all my releases all the time, like try and make like casual emails, serious emails, <laughs> you know, like all this shit. And then one day on, on Twitter, Joe Muggs DM'd me, and he does the best of electronic like roundups like every month. And he DM'd yeah. me, and he was like, hey, I really like your tracks that you're putting out. Like, um, I've got my eye on you, and I'm definitely going to add your, your latest track to the best of. And that was it. That was like, I, and I remember, I remember phoning Ange, actually, and, and I was like crying. I was like, holy Shit! Like, what is happening? Like, how do these things happen? Like, when you, you think you know the avenue to, you know, to do it through, and then like something like that, like informal through my Twitter DMs. You know, I don't even reach out to him; he reaches out to me. Like, yeah, it it blew me away. I I think.
0: I did not think some of the work you had put in before that, like, had helped.
1: Definitely, and I think also like. I mean, I'm just guessing because I didn't ask Joe, but I I do think that it, it might have been Jumping Backslash and Altered Natives okay. who kind of directed him towards me. So, yeah, I'm forever grateful to them. Like, uh, Gareth, <laughs> Jumping Backslash has helped me since I started making music. He's been a cheerleader. So, yeah, I wouldn't put it past him, but that's how it happened.
0: I think when it's all said and done, like this last few years of electronic music in South Africa like a lot of credit's going to go to JBS. Oh yeah, he's the biggest cheerleader.
1: Like he's, yeah, no, I mean, I can, I can officially like call him a friend and that's to me, like that's unreal because it's jumping back, Sash, but like he's a friend, you know, and he's a good friend of mine. And I am very happy that he is in my corner (laughs) because I would not (laughs) want him to be on the other side. (laughs) Because he does not hold back.
0: no i yeah people can go back and listen to the conversation him and i had oh I, I loved that
1: podcast i loved it <laughs> it was really good
0: yeah i loved it because it was just like it was one of those ones where like i felt out of my depth at times and like i both love and hate that like mm-hmm. that and the Shaw blick one in particular were like two where it was just mm-hmm. like Oh, God, I know so very little. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I, th- I feel like sometimes Gareth can make you feel like that. You know, like, it's also at the pace that he speaks and...
0: The certainty.
1: Yes, he's very certain. But, I mean, he's, fuck, he's one of the best storytellers. Like, he's stayed over, whenever he comes to Cape Town, he sleeps in um, our cottage. And, like, the dinnertime chats are the best. Like, me and Az end up in fucking tears, like we're laughing so hard it's yeah he's really great he's really great uh, and I, I mean like yeah he puts a lot of people on which is really amazing and i think i i hope that that's you know where a lot of us will keep going like that that that's the direction cuz i think um putting each other on is like super important and i think that's how we'll create an actual industry you know yeah and he's our, also created so. a
0: core cool model for the whole like you know staying at home making music (laughs) being in the music industry thing that you want so like I kind of I can I can definitely see why he would be an inspiration
1: yeah no
0: yeah cool um so I guess (laughs) I've got to ask you what what are your plans for this year if any
1: (sighs) Uh, oh gosh jesus um (laughs) Other than waking up every morning, going, well, what am I going to do today, and crying, um, <laughs> um, I'm trying to make an EP. Obviously, I'd like to release some music. Uh, Lily's Records and Roses Are Red are doing a collab. Uh, we oh, sick. we've got a split you EP. Something. Yeah, we've got a split uh, seven inch uh, vinyl coming out. Amazing. Um, and we want to do those, you know, like every few months, just to also like. You know, like show that labels can connect in some kind of way and release I mean, music it together. To
0: a, it used to be a thing. It used yeah, to be a thing.
1: You know, and so uh, that's something really exciting. Um, it's really nice to work with Seventh Gaze slash Lacona. Like he um, is a dream to work with. So that's that's something I'm very excited for. And then I don't know. I've you know, it's very difficult to t- like to say because. In, in these uncertain times. Um, <laughs> yeah. That, that's as far as I've thought, like the next two months, like that's as far as I've gotten with my plans.
0: I think that is the safest fucking thing to do. Like, <laughs> like I was saying to you, my plan is if I can just release a podcast every Friday this year, like I think it would have won. Like yeah. other than that, whatever happens happens. Like as long as I can, yeah, keep eating, keep, keep a roof above my head I think same for everyone, you know, we would have made it.
1: <laughs> I agree. I mean, survival, you know, if we can just survive and make Thrive the second thing, you know, on our list, it's it's fine, it's okay, you know, you don't have to stress yourself out too much.
0: <laughs> uh, Yeah, thank you so fucking much. This has been such a fun chat, such a laid back and informative chat because I think a lot of people are going to yeah, relate to it in some ways and also learn a few tricks that they might not have known beforehand.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I was very excited when you DM me. I was like, yes! Yay! <laughs> I get to be on Bob Perfect's podcast!
0: <laughs> I mean, you must have known you were on the list. Like, you've been on I it have for uh, idea. I swear
1: to God, I, I've learned, like, not to have many expectations or, you know, like, I mean, I have a few, like, expectations for some things, but, like, no, like the, these are nice surprises to have, I think. And I, re- I, okay, very really nice. Yeah.
0: For me, it's like it's just a timing thing. Like I've literally got a list of over three hundred people at the moment. No, exactly, and, you and know, that's I can only do about fifty of them a year, so.
1: And that's the other thing I've learned: like things do happen when they're meant to happen, and um, yeah. I was, uh, yeah, I was very stoked. I was like, yes, this is perfect, perfect timing, perfect. <laughs> <laughs>